0: Was for me, that would be all right. This is for God. Amen, amen. You know you got a, a pastor that has integrity when he forget about the offering. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, most pastors will forget a lot of things, but they ain't gonna forget that one. Amen, amen, amen. What a joy uh, it is to be here. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me, man. Wow. I'm at Strong Tower Bible Church. Mm-mm-mm. Ain't God good. Mama, I made it. I made it. I made it. I made it. I've, I've been distracted a little bit this morning. I've been checking out this podium here. And I've been thinking, am I tall enough to be is that gonna work for me? I'm trying to worship it and Satan is messing with me about this podium. I was make sure y'all can see me. Amen. Y'all laughing a little bit too much about that, though. <laughs> Amen. 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 I tell you what, uh, as I preach um, from church to church uh, over the years, I sometimes I find myself in a, in a, in a, in a tough situation. Uh, because when you preach, when you're a guest speaker, it is expected of you to say something about the pastor who leads the church, preferably something good. And there have been times where I either ministered at a church and I didn't really know the pastor, and, or I, I knew him, and uh, hey Amen. so uh, I'll be honest and let you know that there, there have been times where I just lied. Oh, he's a wonderful man of God. Yes, he is. And I didn't even know him. Today, I don't have to deal with that tension. What a man. What a man. What a mighty good man. You have leading you at this church. I want y'all right now, I want you to give God the biggest hand right now for your pastor, your leader, my mentor, my man, the one and only pastor, Chris. He got it like that. That's a bad man. He's the Jay-Z of preaching. Man. You must understand that when we planted several years ago, I needed, I needed a vision. I needed to see what I believed God put in my spirit about what the church that we planted would look like. And it was at that time that I was online and I ran across Strong Tower Bible Church. It's when you guys were at the People's Church. And we were able to come and see that. And I thought, wow, this is it. This is how church should look this is the way it should be diverse it's hard man it's tough to do this this is not for the weak I always I always say that 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 I, when I talked last week I spoke at a discipleship school and they had me come and speak about uh, building diverse churches and how to do that and what that looks like And we went around the room and we were talking and I heard so many excuses as to why this can't happen. And I just believe that uh, being at a diverse church, serving at a diverse church will expose your spiritual maturity like nothing else will. You will find out whether uh, church is about you or where the church is about God. Oh, it's easy for us to make our excuses and talk about culture and talk about differences and whatever, whatever, but I've learned that it exposed me and it showed me where I was spiritually when I planted a diverse church and I knew I had to grow and I did and I'm glad and quite honestly, since I've either been at a church that was all one way or all the other and I absolutely just don't like it. (laughs) I'm not dissing anybody, but this is how a church should look. You just keep going after it. You stay with this. You stick with this. Because this is what God's kingdom is going to look like. Amen. Uh, we're in Luke chapter 22 today. If you would, it's my custom uh, to stand for the reading of the word. If you don't mind doing that. It's great to have my family with me. Today, a lot of my family actually, mom, here today, God bless you guys, thank you so much. Luke chapter 22, beginning at verse 31, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word that serves as a lamp unto our feet. And a light unto our pathway. Father, I'm limited in that I have no idea what's in this audience today. I don't know the struggles. I don't know the challenges. I don't know the disappointments. I don't know the hurts. But that's okay because I know that you know. And so what I want you to do and I ask you to do, God, right now is feel free to intervene and eject Take in, add anything that I've, I have that you've given me in my study. Feel free to have your way in this place. Open up our understanding that we may comprehend your truth. Open up our hearts that we may receive what we've comprehended. More than anything, have your way, oh God, in this place. We believe you for victory. Heal today, Lord. Jesus name amen Luke chapter 22 Luke chapter 22 beginning at verse 31 Luke 22 beginning at verse 31 and the Lord said Simon Simon indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. Go back to verse 32 for me. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when and when you have Return to me. Strengthen your brethren. On your way back to your seat, look at somebody and just tell them, Satan wanted me, but God said no. (laughs) Tell them again, Satan wanted me, but God said no. One of the things that we must remain keenly aware of as we walk this Christian journey is that although Satan is the ruler of this age, God rules him. That no matter how much power or influence that the enemy exerts in our world, he is still within God's ability to control. And prohibit. As a matter of fact, Satan can't even launch an attack on your life without God's permission. Notice Jesus said to Peter, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you. As we, this lets me know that before Satan could tamper into Peter's life, in Peter's life, he had to ask God for entry. And the same is true for you and I. Before Satan can ever touch you, before he can launch an attack on your life, he must consult the Almighty. Now, this is crucial now because on the one hand, really, it's daunting news. I mean, let's be honest, who wants to deal with Satan's attack? But the encouraging news is that if God allows it, then we can be assured of the fact that God is in it and that there's a purpose and that ultimately victory is certain i just said something i hope y'all heard that that if god allows satan to launch an attack in my life he's there with me he has a purpose for it and victory is already mine the grace of god will never ever lead you where the grace of god won't sustain you i love what paul said in first corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 he says god will not allow us to be Tested beyond what we are able to bear. That's a bad boy right there. I'm telling you right there. If you don't got any other scripture, you need to write that down. That's your scripture for the week. That God wants to allow us to be tested, to be tempted beyond what we are able Able. I love this it's shouting news because that suggests to me that whatever temptation I'm up against right now whatever test that you are up against right now you are able it is within your ability to pass that test to withstand to overcome can I preach in strong tower this morning that whatever it is no matter how difficult it is no matter, no matter how challenging it is, no, no matter how much it's had you up at night, whatever it is, God has given you the power to overcome. I need to go deeper here. I don't, I don't, I don't know if y'all are feeling me. This is encouraging to me because, because God, he's omniscient, which means that he knows our limits. He knows our tap-out levels. And as a result, he places limits on satan according to our limits he does this so that i can bear whatever it is that i'm up against That's that shouting news i don't i don't know what you're going through right now but i but i hope today you will leave here knowing that whatever it is you can withstand you can overcome you can pass that test And so then, really, it's never about whether or not I can overcome. It's really more about whether or not I'm going to cooperate with God. Whether or not I'm going to choose to walk in the victory that God God says I'm incapable of walking in. Yet in spite of all that knowledge and that understanding, let's just be honest. Sometimes we still yield. Sometimes we still give in. Sometimes we still fail. Church, we have an adversary who is 100% committed to facilitating the cessation of our faith. He wants to separate you he wants to to move you he wants to expose you now amazingly we have a perfect scenario of this truth right in our text this morning with the Apostle Peter Peter God's man for sure was next on Satan's hit list Jesus during the last supper after he had informed the disciples that because they had stood by him through his trials he was going to give them a kingdom and a very high place in that kingdom mind you and as he was doing this he turned to Simon and said Simon Satan has his eye on you he wants you matter of fact Satan has asked for you And in the original language, that you is actually plural. So although he's talking to Peter, he's really talking about all the disciples. And I want to let you know right now that Satan has his eye on you. That he wants to sift you and he wants to separate you and he wants to move you. And at some point in your life, you need to understand that just like Peter, Satan is going to ask for you. He's going to ask for you. He, he, he's going to ask for you, if you walk with God long enough, one day, just like Peter, you too will be on hell's hit list. And so the question then is, what does he want? What does he want? Why is he always attacking my life? Why does he attack my finances? Why does he attack my relationships? Why does he attack my career? Why does he attack my health? Why does he keep attacking me? What does he want? He wants to sift you. He wants to challenge your faith, hoping really to prove to God that you're not all he thinks you are. He wants to challenge your allegiance and challenge your commitment. Yes, he wants your faith. If there is anything that the enemy wants to assassinate in my life and in your life, it is your faith. I am 100 percent convinced that Satan has no need for my stuff. Satan has no need for my material possessions. I hear people say that Satan just wants my house for what? <laughs> Satan's after my car. Why? Satan's after my career. Really? Satan works now? I mean, he works, but he doesn't do that work. Really? Even my relationships really aren't that big of a deal to Satan. But Pastor Chris, I've observed that Satan will use these things as avenues. To get to what he really, really, really wants. And that is your faith, your allegiance, your worship. Which then means that we have to be careful of what we attach to. Amen. Because Satan is watching to see what we attach to, what we love dearly, what, what we want, what we love so much. And if he sees that that is that you're so attached to that so closely, he will snatch it, hoping to get your faith. Job, Job shows us this. Had Job been attached to his possessions, he wouldn't have been able to stand the, the attack that Satan launched in his life. Matter of fact, had Job been attached to himself when he had boils broken out all over his body, he still would have cussed God and died. Satan has no need for any of those things. He wants one thing. He wants my faith. I want to ask you right now, what avenue is Satan traveling down in your life right now? What is it? What's going wrong in your life that's causing you to doubt and contemplate, contemplate throwing away faith? I just want to take a minute to be transparent. Man, I've had some, some very close friends in the last two years who've gone through serious trials, divorce and, 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 and illness and illness Illness of family members, confusion. Very close, and right now these guys have said, "You know what? I'm out of here with that faith business." They told me I'm done with faith. I tried faith. I've tried that. It doesn't work. I'm done with faith. I'm done. It's much. It's much easier. One of them said, "It's much easier to just not believe." And that has broken my heart because i understand that that is what the enemy wants he wants to steal kill and destroy our faith that's what he really wants and and, and i say that with all humility because it, 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 it i'm hurt i'm not mad i'm not angry i'm angry at the enemy but i'm i'm hurt to see them that way but 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 if I'm honest, if I if I can just be transparent just for a minute, I'd be lying if I said I've never contemplated uh, getting on the train of unbelief. I know we're in church. I know we have to act as if everything is going right, everything is going right in your life, but, but, but I, I, I'm, I just believe, it. I'm an honest preacher, I don't play games, I, I just tell it like I see it, how I feel it, how I'm feeling. I have wanted, I have uh, I, I, let me not say I wanted, I've contemplated, I've considered getting on the train of unbelief as i've seen suffering as i've as i've i've seen loss as i've seen people hurt as i've seen children die and parents have to bury their children and as i've seen so many horrific things people having who are close to me having illnesses and seeing death and seeing frustration and ch- there've been times where i've contemplated maybe getting on that train I don't ever want to contemplate it again. Let me tell you something the only hope for a dying world is through a relationship with jesus christ and he is gonna set the world right you can believe it you can put your signature on it he is gonna make this world what he wanted it to be from the beginning and we can never i mean never stop but don't you dare let no relationship no career no problem no illness no challenge you continue believing that god is gonna do what he said he's gonna do It doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter how difficult it is. You keep on walking with God. You go like Job. You say, don't he slay me. Yet shall I trust him. You keep on walking with God through faith. It doesn't matter what you lose. It doesn't matter who comes, who goes, what relationship, you who leaves you, what happens, what you lose. Keep on walking by faith and not by sight because I promise you in the end, It will be worth it, Paul says. Eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has promised for those who love him. Oh, I believe that, man. I I ran up on that scripture the other day and I I almost just bawled out because I needed to hear that in my life. You know, the script, we got, the, we have the scriptures, man. And I, 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 I just know that a lot of people who drift sometimes, sometimes they really aren't in the word like they need to. Because when you run up on a verse like that, that ought to inspire you. Oh, it's bad. It's ugly. But but eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Paul would say our, our, our light afflictions which are but for a moment light 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 yes he said light we're talking about a man who was who was persecuted who was stoned who spent a night and a day in the open sea who was constantly on the run who had been cold who had been naked who had been shipwrecked who almost died who received from the jews all these whipping. and we're talking about a man who went through all that hell and high water yet he's still in spite of all that he said though our light afflictions are but for a moment. They're working for me, a far exceeding reward. Oh, my Lord. I I wish I had a church up in here today. I know it doesn't seem like, but I promise you, it's like, let me get back to this text. These preachers, we drift, man, and then 20 minutes go by, and you know I'm going to finish. So we, we, boy, it takes discipline to do this stuff. Amen. (laughs) You know, preachers, we don't give time back. We might say we will, but it doesn't work out that way sometimes. Amen. Y'all felt that in a special way. (laughs) I've contemplated getting on that train. Let's get back to Peter. Again, Jesus did not pray that Peter... Wouldn't fail. Notice now, he didn't pray, Simon. I've prayed for you that that you won't fail. No, no, he prayed that his faith would not fail. Matter of fact, uh, uh, Peter actually did fail majorly. Drop down to verse fifty-four of Luke chapter. 22. Drop down real quickly. Watch this. Peter did fail. Peter failed. Jesus wasn't praying that he wouldn't fail. He failed tremendously. Watch verse 54. Then seizing him, talking about Jesus, they led him away. The enemies of Jesus led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Watch this. Peter followed at a distance. Oh, I need to keep going, but I got to stop right there just a second. Every time I follow Jesus at a distance is when I find myself getting myself in trouble. This is the same Peter who said, I'm ready to go with you. We just read it. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to go to prison. But now that the enemies have seized Jesus, the Peter that was right there with Jesus, now he's starting to back up a little bit. Let me check this thing out. Maybe I'm not as fanatical as I thought I was. This is this is a tight situation. You know, we got those kind of Christians. You know, we follow them at a distance. Those are the people that say, you know what? I want to go to church, you know. You know, I'll give my money, maybe. But I don't want to get too close now. Let's not, let's not go overboard with this faith stuff here. You know, I want to go to church for my kids. And we want to have a nice community. And church is a good place. But, but I don't want to get too Following Jesus at a distance. verse 55 but when they had kindled the enemies of Jesus when they had kindled watch this a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together look at this look at this Peter sat down with them he followed at a distance and now he finds himself right in the middle of the enemies when I when I When I begin to follow Jesus at a distance, I find myself in the wrong community. Many times I find myself amongst the very people who are who are in opposition, whether knowingly or unknowingly, they are in opposition to the kingdom of God. Have you ever been there before? The text says Peter sat right down with him and then, watch this, a certain girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, Uh huh. Yeah, this man was with he he was with them. He was with Jesus. Now here's Peter's chance. Peter's chances right now. He he told Jesus just a few verses before. He said, I'm ready to go to prison. I'm ready to die if I have to. And now he's in a tight place. He's in a vulnerable place. You ever been in a vulnerable place? It was Peter who said, "I, I, I, I will never, even if all forsake you, I won't forsake you. I will always be right there with you and now he has his chance and, and the lady said uh, you were with him in verse 57 but he denied it woman i don't know him who we wait a minute here oh wow did this really come from the mouth of the apostle peter the man who walked on water that Jesus allowed to walk on water. Did this come from the man who saw Jesus heal, who saw Jesus tell nature to hush? There's no doubt that Jesus showed his power and his ability, but now the same Peter who saw all that and was so braggadocious about what he was going to do when it came to, to, to temptation and challenges and how he was going to stand up when it counted, now it's a time of testing. Peter Said, I, I don't even know him. Look at this. Verse 58, a little later, someone else saw him and said, You are one of them. Second chance. Second chance. What will he do? Man, I'm not. Peter about Peter was cool, wasn't he? Man, I'm not. No, I'm not. Dude, I don't know no Jesus. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Look at verse 61. We'll keep looking. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Man, I can feel that in my chest. That glaze, that stare. You ever had maybe your parents, your mom, or father, be disappointed in you? And, and, and you know, they look at you. But it ain't an angry look. It's not I'm going to beat you look. I'm sorry, I grew up getting beaten down. I don't know. <laughs> My mom always laid hands on me. <laughs> Apparently, I need a healing every day. Turned and looked at him. And the text says, Then Peter, remembered the word of the Lord, had spoken to him before the rooster crows today. You will disown me three times. Verse 62, And Peter went out and wept bitterly. I think it's accurate to conclude that Peter failed. Without a doubt, he knew it. The text says he went outside, he wept bitterly. And like many of us who can testify, Peter never imagined that he would find himself in a scenario whereby he would doubt or deny Jesus Christ. And that's like many of us, we are so prideful sometimes, we are so haughty, we think we got to figure out, oh, I would never, far be it from me, far be it from me that I would ever do such a thing. I would never, oh, God, that is sick, they they ought to be ashamed, oh, I would never, I would never, I would would never. You see somebody fail and you just you look at them with your judgmental eyes and you think, oh, there's no, I can't believe, oh, wow. And I've learned, I believe it was John Piper who said that when he sees someone who's failed mightily, he doesn't look at them with judgmental eyes. He immediately says, God, remove anything within me that would allow me to do that. I think that's the, that's the humility that we ought to have in those scenarios. Peter was so confident in his own righteousness. He was so prideful. He was so egotistical that not, e- look, not even Jesus could convince him differently. Jesus told him what was going to happen. He's arguing with Jesus. You know you're prideful when you start arguing with Jesus. I mean, anybody who, who predicted his own death and pulled it on and resurrection and pulled it off. Uh, I think you just better listen to that. Yeah, no arguing. Peter, Satan had accused him so much. He was broken and he thought he was unworthy. In many ways later on, he, he, he didn't think he no longer really considered himself to be a disciple. Peter thought it was over. It, it makes sense, though. It makes sense because Jesus had already said that if you confess me. Before my father in heaven, I will confess you. But if you deny me, that's Matthew 10, verse 32. That's in scripture. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. It makes sense that Peter would be broken and feeling unworthy when he denied the Savior. But that's the beauty of God's grace and mercy. That through God's grace, we get what we don't deserve. And in his mercy, we don't get what we actually do deserve. Had God decided to cut Peter off, it would have been totally justifiable. He could have done it. He, he could have just written Peter off and said, you know what? I told you what I told you. If you confess me, I'll, I'll confess you. And if you deny me, I'll deny you. You talked all this stuff. You said you're with me. You said you had my back. And now you're going to get around all these people, my enemies. You saw them take me away. And you're going to deny me? You're going to deny me? Is that what we're doing here? But that's the beauty of God's grace. Go to Mark 16. Let me hurry up. We're almost done. Mark 16. Beginning at verse 1, watch this. It's over. Peter probably thought it was over for me. I've denied the Savior. In this text, we are at the resurrection. Jesus had resurrected from the dead. We read this often. Verse one. Watch this. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices to that uh, so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on, the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large had been rolled away and they entered the tomb. They saw a young man dressed in white robes sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified he is risen he is not here see the place where they lay him look at verse 7 don't miss this don't look. Peter said it's over I'm done I denied Jesus Peter was probably thinking I'm no longer worthy he probably doesn't even want me anymore I've done it this time I've ran my mouth I've messed up but in verse 7 Jesus said but go they said but go Tell his disciples, my Lord, my Lord, and Peter. Now, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Wasn't Peter a part of the original 12 disciples? Hadn't Peter follow Jesus just like the others? So... he, He is a disciple, isn't he? So why would they say, go tell the disciples and Peter? Just maybe, just maybe, Peter needed to hear his name specifically. Just maybe he he had messed up so badly that if if they had just said, go tell the disciples, Peter wouldn't have went. He wouldn't have thought he was a part of that team anymore. He He had messed up so badly. Go tell the disciples and Peter to meet me. In Galilee. Let me give you one more. This is it. John chapter 21, verse 15. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. This is beautiful. Look at this. Oh, I love to hear the pages turning. I know this is a new school. We got all the cell phones and tablets, but I, I like to hear the pages turning. My grandmother said, because us is studying. Look at verse 15. Watch this. Let's hurry up. They had finished eating. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, You know that I love you. Now he go, there he's, he's talking once again, he's running his mouth once again. Jesus could have said, No, you don't, you denied me. Apparently, you don't love me, Peter. You you said you love me, but man, when when you had the opportunity to stand for me, I mean, you, you, you said you didn't even know me. Really? But what did he say? Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know. That I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? That's number three. And how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. Peter knew it. Look, he said, Peter was hurt because Jesus asked the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said, and this is it, follow. Wow, that's amazing. I want to say a prayer this morning. Because like Peter, somebody knows what it is to blow it. It may not have even been a massive moral failure. Every time we think about failure, we always think about something, you know, it could be that you just lost your fire. You're not as committed anymore. You don't do the things you used to do. But like Peter, you know what it is to maybe contemplate, man, am I am I really a part of this thing? I, I doubt whether or not would Jesus really call me a disciple? So I want to say a prayer this morning for all the disciples and you. Wait a minute. You would think if I said all the disciples, that would include you. But maybe you're at a place like Peter was where you just fell off. And you're now wondering, am I still a part of the disciples? I love the fact that Jesus said, when, when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. That your return, whether you know it or not, if you're God's child, your return is guaranteed. And if that's you today, I want to pray for the disciples. And I want to pray for you. If you've been attacked, and this has been your season. Everybody's going to have a season of sifting. I don't care who you are. If you walk with God long enough, your season of sifting is coming. It's coming. I guarantee you it's coming. All the disciples and you, when you have returned, Satan wanted me, but God said, no, stand on your feet, grab somebody by the hand. If I can pray for somebody, I want to pray for the disciples and I want to pray for you. I want you to just come down front here. I'm going to meet you down there because it starts with me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. Come on. Come on. Anybody all the disciples and you have been at that place if you're doubting whatever you didn't trust God at a time you should have trusted him you should have been trusting him through that problem you should have been trusting him through that Scenario that adversity. You should, you should have been trusting him to work your marriage out. You should have been trusting him to keep your kids safe, but you've been worrying, worrying, worrying. Oh, the disciples and you. Whether you come down here and pray with me or not, I'm going to be praying. We're not calling anybody out. If you just need prayer, I'm just going to be down here in the front praying. You need that prayer. You come on down as we worship God. And as we sing, it's prayer time. It's prayer time. Satan wanted me. Come on, my brother. Satan wanted me. Yes, sir, my brother. God bless you. Satan wanted me. Anybody else want to pray? Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. There you go. There you go. It's okay. It's prayer time. This is the house of prayer. This is the house of prayer. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much, James says. All the disciples and you. Come on, my sister. I said, We're going to worship God. I give myself away. Y'all going to help me with this thing? Yes. Yeah. Give myself away Peter was ready to do that now can you I give myself away Peter was ready to do that like he had never been ready before come on my sister I give myself away so you can I give I give myself away hallelujah Lord, I give myself, come on my brother, so you keep on, just keep on, let's keep singing. I give, it's prayer time, I give myself, so you can use me, I give, I give, I give my, all the disciples in you. All the disciples in you. I give myself away so you can come on, my sister. I give myself away. Hallelujah. I give, come on, my sister. This war more room. It's room. Here I am. Here I am. Here I stand. Lord, my life is. Is anybody else? It's the house of prayer. Lord, I'm longing. Longing to see every bit of your desire. If you can't pray for yourself, maybe you're praying for somebody else. I give myself away. Still enough room. As a living, said your shepherd is here to pray for you right here. All my dreams. Peter said, "I'm done. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this right now." Lord, I placed them in your hands. Yeah. Jesus, I give myself so you I give, I give, I give, I give, I give myself away. Oh I give so you can, so you can use me. I give, I give. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For keeping me, for saving me. Would you declare this with me? We're going to sing this part together like you've never sang it before. Look at this. My life is not my own. Come on now. My life is not my own. <laughs> Oh, Peter was saying this like none other after Jesus forgave him. My life, hey, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. One more time. Let's sing that part. My life, my life. God bless you, guys. My life, my life is not my own. To you I belong, I give myself, I give myself to you. Keep going, we're going to keep singing. My life is not, my life is not my own. To you I belong, I give myself, I give myself to you. My life is not my own. You, you, I belong now. Father God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings. Lord, we thank you for these precious people today. God, I pray they will walk out here reassured like they've never been reassured before that they are still your disciples. Lord, I thank you so much that when Satan asked to sift us as we you told him no. And that's why we're here today. And I pray that going forward, like Peter on the day of Pentecost, he was ready. He was ready never to deny him anymore. I pray that today we will leave here with more courage, with more boldness. Not perfect people, not people without mistakes but people who are committed to being faithful. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this man of God. We give ourselves away so you can use us. Jesus name. Somebody shout amen. 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 Brother Jermaine. Remain standing.